I am your host, Mary Beth Smith. My guest today is Cynthia Bangert, the ever-lovely, ever-talented, wonderful woman that she is. Uh, And boy, was this great. Uh, I knew as soon as she told me she wanted to talk children's books, I was just immediately excited. I knew she'd have some wonderful stories to share and insights on um, their use and popularity and her love for them. Um, and, and I, I wasn't let down. (laughs) Uh, she's currently a nanny, so she has some ongoing, uh, experience with children's books, but also she just has a, a genuine love for them and, and for storytelling. And I think that really shows, uh, in her as a performer and, um, it was really fun to hear her talk about how those two things related for sure. Um, there's a, also a fun fact, um, that she is, uh, dating friend of the show, past guest, Ryan Ben, and, uh, at, towards the top of the show, she, um, tells a story about how the boy that she's a nanny for is also named Ryan, um, which is hilarious and adorable, and I'm sure leads to so many crazy, wacky circumstances. Uh, Probably not. Just, just if this were like some sort of weird rom-com, but it's not, it's life. Uh, and this was a joy. She's great. Go see her in Hitchcock Tales at the Annoyance. That show's really wonderful every Friday night at 10 o'clock. Uh, and yeah, it's just, it's a, it's a great example of a great, um, use of improvised, blank. Um, in this case, improvised Hitchcock movies. Um, so they use a lot of the tropes and have a lot of fun with it. And, and our, all the performers are very good and adept at uh, playing lots of different characters from the film that they're creating as the show goes on. So go check that out. She does a lot of other great, cool stuff too. She's on dogs over at the IO with, past guest Becca Tobble and Alex Trepka. It's a whole thing. She's great. Check her out. She's adorable. She and Ryan are adorable together. It's a real joy to watch. Uh, you know what else is a real joy to watch? Veep finished up the third season of that show this week. I had forgotten that there were about three episodes I hadn't seen and I finally got my HBO Go working well enough to watch them. And, uh, man, there's a couple scenes in those last couple episodes, specifically with Tony Hale, but there's one with Tony Hale and Julia Louis-Dreyfus that are just fucking killer. Just, like, some of the best comedy that's on TV right now. Uh, so check out that show. Not like it needs a plug. But, you know, it's fun to keep... It's fun to keep a dialogue. It's fun to it's fun for you guys to know what kinds of things I've been doing with my life, right? You don't care. You're just here for Cynthia. Um, so I'll knock out the last thing 
before I bring in her interview, and that is some plugs. Uh, we have one more week of Global Warming is a Myth at the Annoyance Theater. Uh, that's with the improv group that I am a part of, Sight Unseen. Uh, that group is myself, past guest of the Joe, G- past guest of the show, Jimmy Pennington, Mark Logston, uh, Steve Nelson, Sarah Cowdery, Megan Strickland, and Rosie Moan, all of whom I hope will do the show with me at some point, but the only one of them who's done it so far, Jimmy, is super great. Uh, and the reason that I'm involved in the group, as far as I know, because he asked me to do it. So, you know, more power to that guy. Um, anywho, next week, closing night of that particular run, we're working on getting something else together that will probably open later on in the year, slash early next year. But if you want to see it in its first iteration, um, I've been getting some really great feedback on the show. I had a couple people tonight from one of the opening groups tell me that while they were watching our set, they said to themselves, oh yeah, this is why I enjoy this form so much, this art form of improv. That's just me, not even a humble brag. That's just a brag brag. That's a compliment we got on the show. It's really good. It's This isn't me just blowing smoke up your ass. Um... But for every Tuesday night in November, you can see Squall perform at the Playground Theater. So after next week, if you're for Tuesday night rolls around, and you're like, "Oh man, I really wanted to see a show." You're in luck. Squall will be there for you at the Playground, right down the street from the Annoyance Theater. They're they're like brothers and sisters, just like all of us. Big happy family of comedy. Uh, I think that's about it. Oh, um, Your Stories, uh, the Nerdalogs monthly open mic-esque storytelling show. Uh, this month is Sunday, November 16th at 7 p.m. And that will be at the Public House Theater. We will, our guests will be the band I Fight Dragons and the, uh, podcasting group Our Fair City. Uh, that show is, um, a post-apocalyptic sci-fi radio epic, so it's, uh, it's pretty different from this. It's all scripted and, and much better produced and such. Uh, but, you know, this is an interview show and that's not, it's just apples and oranges, right guys? Uh, and th- the theme for that show is Apocalypse. So if Apocalypse inspires you to write some sort of story and you'd like to sign up for your stories, you feel free to contact me or someone over at the Nerdalogs. Tweet us, Facebook us, whatever, whatever, email. Um, or if you don't feel like talking and just feel like listening, come to the Public House Theater, 7 o'clock, Sunday night the 16th. Gonna be a great show. I can personally... Guarantee it. Alright, enough of that. Get into this. Cynthia Bangert, Total Gem. Reading out those ladies before I yeah, popped yeah. over. Yeah, and sort of like having um, like uh, quick Skype conversations or like FaceTime with like, because I wanted to show people my haircut and so I was like, oh, oh I'll talk to Bridget. And like my phone is sort of fucked up and like, <laughs> like oh, so I'm like, my phone's ringing and my computer's ringing and I'm like trying to figure out and then my mom and sister and like so, and I was like, oh, I want to be social. Also, I'm so hungry. So like, I would finally get a hold of someone and be like, great, 
I can't really talk for very long because I'm dying and I need to go in the other room and eat and I also like no hang energies. out with the people that are here. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. So. Oh, man. Well, it looks great. Thanks. Hot off the presses. Chopper, chopper, Impulse chopper. cut. <laughs> yeah. I love it. I think it looks great. Yeah, Stephanie and I had a bunch of people over last night and, uh, and we were like still cooking and prepping stuff before yeah. um, people got there and then like as people were getting there... Um, she was, I think, starting to get anxious about, like, the readiness of certain things. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it reminded me how hosting things is is always stressful regardless of, like, how well you know the people or whether it's, like, your thing or your roommate's thing sure. or whatever. Like, if you have any human decency, yeah. there's, like, a certain level <laughs> of anxiety um, when other people are in your house. Yeah. You just want them to feel comfortable. Yeah. Not like they're waiting on something. Yeah. Or like yeah. they're just not being social at all. I just want everyone to love everything, which yeah. is like way too high of a standard. Right. Because right. <laughs> also, like, doesn't matter. They might have still had a shitty day or like have something else going on. Yeah, you know? sure. You don't know the backstory. Well, every time I've been to your lovely apartment, I've always left satisfied That's and smiling. <laughs> I'm, I'm so usually glad. full of food and maybe <laughs> some uh, beverages of assorted natures. Yeah. So uh, I can't I can't be upset about that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I feel like we have a good vibe going. Oh yeah, for sure. You you've been in this apartment for a while, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's were you one of its original tenants? Yeah, Bridget and I found this well she found this place when she with another roommate and Ooh. then we were on an infamous email chain that carly was like hello everyone i've talked to all of you about living with you at some point in time i found this apartment in this house for 200 dollars, so i will be living there there's another bedroom available if anyone wants Da-da-da-da-da. one of the roommates is a little difficult and i was like if carly says this it's gonna be bad so i was like absolutely not but then Bridget saw that I was on this email and was like, oh, I know you. Are you looking so she for an like, apartment? She like peeled you off of yeah. it? Interesting. So we were looking for three bedrooms briefly. And then the other woman who I didn't know changed her plans. And so then it was just the two of us. And Bridget was like, great. Now that it's two of us again, let's go look at this other apartment on Beacon. That's so funny. It's good. So we, How long ago was that? A number. Um, it was September 1st. I mean three years ago? I was going to say, I thought you had lived here for at least a couple years. Yeah, yeah, because Bridget and I were here for two years. Yeah. And then she fucking left you. And this is her one year anniversary of being in Los Angeles. This day, today? This day is when she Uh, arrived. Well, I'll drink this (laughs) Diet 7 Up to that. Congrats on one year. And I'll nestle these clean pair of socks. (laughs) I did watch them. Thank you for assuming that correctly. Also, it wouldn't matter. But you said, yeah, they're clean. I mean, I had put them on my soccer, sweaty, wet feet. They probably smelled like straight garbage. It's okay. I have no issue with feet. I don't really either. Yeah. Some people are... I feel like you're either a foot... Like... Aversion person or yeah. not? Yeah, yeah. I don't really feel like there's much yeah. of an in between. I'm very into my feet. I don't mind them. My sisters and I play a game where we sit on the couch and put our feet up on a coffee table, barefoot, of course, right. and talk about how cute our own feet are <laughs> and why they're <laughs> superior to everyone else's. <laughs> and then we make fun of other people's. Like you know, that's so right. funny. One of my very best friends, Laura Ann, uh, who went to college with me, she like confided in me very secretively. 
years into our relationship, she was like, I don't know what this says about me, but I think I have beautiful feet. (laughs) Just look at how they look like a a tiny doll's feet. And I was like, you do have adorable feet. And she was just like... I just think about how cute my feet are, like, so much. And I never tell anyone, because I think it's probably super weird. But, like, I just had to tell someone. And I was like, well, they're very nice feet. You like, the right they're person. just like, yeah. I was like, well, they are very nice feet. I'm here to justify that. So funny. You know what else is very nice? My guest, Cynthia Banger. <laughs> uh, she's going to be talking to me about a very nice topic. Uh, children's books. Yeah. <laughs> I want the whole rest of the interview to just be like gleeful noises from you. Oh, it will be. Little delightful. Chippa chippa. <laughs> oh, Cynthia, you are such a doll. Um... I think we first met through One Group Mine. Would I you think, think so. that's accurate? Yeah, right? I think so, too. Yeah. Because Mrs. Ulysses and Reagan Reagan shared a night for a while. Yeah, I, think, I guess that's probably space. how we met. I, for some reason, I feel like I talked to you at I.O. a lot. Uh, I, I came how. to um, other other guys' shows. That might be what it constantly. is. Constantly. Yeah. I came to, like... Every other other guy's show because I, you guys are because you have good taste. Great, I do have good taste, and you're not wrong. And that group was great because I knew Roth through OGM as well, and Siegel I met through OGM, and Kevin I kind of met through either OGM or other other guys. Like it was all these like various. Um, you guys are great. I still think about those shows every once in a while. Uh, but yeah, I'm sure that's what it was. Because those were some of the first things I ever consistently went to at I.O. Uh-huh. I wasn't really seeing much many other shows aside from those. I feel like you like came onto the scene, this like fresh-faced, eager, like spit firecracker. I almost said spit cracker, but you know what I mean? Like, spit cracker. This is a thing. Yeah. And we're just like so enthusiastic and excited and interesting and like... But, like, seemed really new. Not uh, in a negative way, but just right. in a, like, I'm excited about everything way. That and then all of a sudden, true. and it was, like, mm-hmm. and because you were so open, too, of, like, I've, like, you know, like, totally new and blah, blah. Yeah. And then it was, like, and I was, like, oh, sweet Mary Beth. Like, what a young little whippersnapper. And then, like, a second later, we're, like, she owns this city. Oh, like, no way. <laughs> no, totally. It was, like, what a fat, like, you establish yourself, like, so much faster than, like, I don't know. I mean, oh, that's like, so sweet. That's I feel like that's such a high compliment. It, it was totally how I perceive you. <laughs> you me? That's yeah. that's really sweet. I think one difference is probably that I went through classes at the Annoyance first mm-hmm. instead of starting with classes at IO. Mm-hmm. For some reason, I think that kind of shifted my like trajectory. Yeah, yeah. Um. Not necessarily to knock the other way of doing it. Well, I think it makes you more self-sufficient, sort of. Maybe, yeah. Yeah, maybe. Because I... Yeah, the the annoyance is a little more, like, individual-based yeah. over the team-based at I.O. And, like, a lot of people go through I.O. and it's the first improv they've ever done, period. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, maybe that had a little to do with it. I also, at the time when I was first meeting you, would go to... Uh, as many shows as I could manage to go to. Yeah. And then once I started getting my own obligations, that kind of tapered off. Yeah. So 
maybe that has something to do with the perception too but yeah i'll take the compliment yeah take it you're sweet <laughs> uh tell me about the inception of your love for children's books well naturally as a child right um we we my parents live in the same house that I was actually born in. Oh, wow. Um, it's in one of the suburbs? Home. It's in Chicago, but it's across the street from the suburbs. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> but, so which know, suburb is it across the street? Park Ridge. Okay. It's, we're in Edison Park. That's um, so funny. It's like a little peninsula of Chicago, three sides of the suburbs. Ah, that's <laughs> hilarious. From the very, very edge. Okay. Um, and growing up, my sister's... My two older sisters slept in bunk beds, and I slept on a mattress in the corner <laughs> with like it. a slanty wall, uh-huh. or right, you know, right. whatever those roofs. Yeah, uh huh. Yeah. Um, my dad on the other side of the house, he'd like raised the dormer, so one of it was like a regular wall, and the other side was still slanty. Okay. So I slept in that like nook, very like Cinderella, <laughs> but I liked it. Well, so covered I, under the stairs. <laughs> I had my mattress, and then I had my bookcase, which like probably was everyone's, but I don't know. I just have such fond memories of like. It being mine. Your book is. Because it was like in the corner of the room with me. Right. Sure. <laughs> and like, just so, my mom was like so, so great about like reading us stories. Mm-hmm. Um, and like so into books herself. And like, so we would just read, you know, so much before going to bed. And like picking out books was like fun. And mm-hmm. um, yeah. And then like, I mean, we've always been like a pretty booky family. Like mm-hmm. we would just be all be in the living room reading oh, or like maybe yeah. doing homework or something but it'd be like kind of quiet and then people would like laugh or cry that's fun because whatever they're reading and right so it's always been like cool that's really sweet but i always love love children's books because like you know you can read them in like five minutes yeah so even with no purpose i like go to bookstores and look at them oh and like you know like none of my sisters have kids it's not Aww. like i'm buying books for babies but um but yeah, they're like. Have you? So do you ever great. buy books for kids that you've nannied for? Um, no, but I was thinking this kid that I nanny for. Um, when I leave them, I'll get him books. Sweet, because he's such a little book baby, and Good. I like him. <laughs> <laughs> and you'll but, want to get him yeah. some sort of parting gift. Yeah. I've met him before. Yeah, he seems like a real gem. He is. A, he's a little gentleman. What's his name? Ryan. Ryan. That's right. <laughs> <Literally>. <laughs> ah, that's right. <laughs> oh right. boy. This morning Ryan was like asked something about Ryan and I was like, What the fuck are you talking about? Oh, can I say fucks? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Say whatever fucks you want. But I was like so confused and I was like, No, I get it. Oh, he asked you like, What does Ryan like to eat? Yeah. And you were like, What are you fucking saying to me? <laughs> like, get it together. <laughs> I was like, Oh, the little man I take care of? Yes, yes. Yes, you can ask a question about him, even though I, he shares your name. I only I mean I call him Ryan to his face, but I call him Nanny Baby in every other context. Right, 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 right. So, I have only ever seen you refer to him as Nanny Baby or heard you refer to him as Nanny yeah. Baby. Yeah, he's funny. Baby. But it is great because working for them, like, I, uh, I mean, I'm so up on children's books. Right. Like, it's the best. And we go to the library together. Ugh. And I'm like, go play with these puzzles. And he's like, read me a story. And I'm like, not yet. <laughs> I, like, I, like, go around and, like, scour. Oh, because you're like, trying to get what I want. Them. And then I get a big stack. And then we, like, kind of go through those. And I'm like, let's see which are the good ones that I want to read to you for the next right. week. And then I like take those home. That's so funny. <laughs> That's so, so it's funny. It's interesting. I feel like my opinions about kids' books have only um, 
become more like calcified because of uh working that's great yeah yeah what were some of your favorites when you were growing up oh man um this book that I was obsessed with that my mom wouldn't let me get out of the library anymore because she was so sick of reading it. Oh, like in the beginning of Beauty and the Beast? That yes. one. But you've read it twice. <laughs> but, but it's, it's my, my favorite. favorite. <laughs> ah, places a daring sword fight, <laughs> magic spells. Oh yeah, magic spells. If you like it all that much, much it's, it's yours. yours. But oh, sir, I insist. <laughs> thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> Super glad you had me on that one. Uh, and glad we recited the rest of the exchange. Because I, as a young child, I was always like, does that actually happen in libraries? If you keep checking out the same book, will yeah. they just give it to you? It doesn't. That's not how libraries work. No. But anyway, no. your mom got tired of it. Um, this book called Bim Willie and the Zim Wee. And it's <laughs> Willie and the Zimli. It's an African folktale, and it's my favorite book. And my mom now owns it, and it, it came from a library. So I don't know. She does work for a school, so maybe it was like from a library sale. I don't oh, know. Oh, yeah. I, that happens. I mean, I've had textbooks that used to be in libraries before, yeah. I think. Um, so, you know, maybe the library did secretly like bequeath it to us. <laughs> <laughs> if she likes it all that much, it's <laughs> yours. <laughs> Uh, what is Bim Willie and the Zimwee about? Oh, okay, it's an excellent story. So, um, Bim Willie is the youngest of three girls, which I was until Cute. my sister Dawn was born, but I was almost six when Dawn was born. Oh, so, like, so you were the youngest for six years. Right. So, like, I'm so I'm basically the youngest child, and Dawn is, like, a very mature, like, only child, but without being a brad. That's so it, Like, we really funny. do follow that personality. That is stuff. so funny. I mean... You were graduated from high school when she was twelve. Yeah, right. Yeah, basically. So she's she had a good six years of being the only child, and in some of the like most you know uh, uh, personality forming years of your life and such. It's the same as like when I was a toddler and like a little kid. I had the full attention of my mom. You were yeah. Because what's school? What's the difference between you? It's like two, two, and then six. Okay, so. I'm, there's 10 years between us all, and I'm, like, right in the middle. Gotcha, um, gotcha. Even though there's two of them. Or actually, I guess sense. I'm a little on the side. Whatever. Yeah, pretty yeah. close. Whatevs. Yeah. So, Ben Willie has two older sisters, and they all go to the beach, and they, like, have to walk through the jungle, and they get to the beach, and they're, like, playing in the waves, and Ben Willie finds this, like, beautiful shell, and she, like, <laughs> makes a little song for it, which... <laughs> I don't really remember the words, but and the tune that I made up. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Something like, I have a shell from the sea, a shell the ocean gave to me. It's pink inside, like the midnight sky. And if you listen close, you can hear the ocean sigh. <laughs> that so is good. adorable. <laughs> so she's like super into the shell. And then her sisters are like, it's time to go, Bam Willie, because like they're kind of brats, you know, because they're older sisters, right? And so they go, and then, which again you could relate, to. right? And I was like, <laughs> I get it. So then they're halfway back, and she's like, my shell, and her sisters like, get over it, and she's like, no, it's the only thing I care about in the world, and they're like, we're leaving. So they go back home to the village, and she runs back to the, the beach, and 
she can't find her shell and then she sees the Zimwi, who's this like shrunken green wrinkles for days like <laughs> gourd of a man with long arms and he's like holding her shell and she's like um excuse me i'd like that pet please and he was like uh like come or i don't know but somehow she like tells him that she made a song for it and so he's like okay come a little bit closer and sing it louder oh, and she's like sings and he's like a little closer closer Foolish Ben Willie. She like keeps walking closer and then boom! He grabs her and puts her in his drum. Classic Zimwee's in the drum. <laughs> wow. Wow. So he covers it up and he and she has her shell, so like that's okay, but she's inside there and he like takes her from village to village and is like, I have a magic singing drum. I'll play for you before you have to feed me. That's so funny. So he'll like play and she'll sing her little song about her shell. Um and this and like meanwhile her mother is furious at her sisters and the village is in an uproar and they're like hunting for her and they can't oh, find her. Poor Ben Willie. I know. And it like, this goes on for, you know, a long time. So she's like, you know, gets, um, tired of singing the same words. So she'll like change the words to the song. And then one day they come to a village and she hears the voice of her mother and she's like, we're in my home. So she, uh, while he plays, she changes the words to be like, there's, um, Ben Willie's inside this drum. Get me out. Like, <laughs> it's like you know, little inside jokes. Right. So it's like, if you knows. listen close, you can hear Ben Willie sigh. And they're like, <gasps> so they send the Zimwee down to get water, and they like take her out from the drum and rescue her, and it's great. The and then they fill it with sand. So the Zimwee comes back, and they're like, play for us, Zimwee. And he's like, okay, thump thump. Like nothing happens. He's like, drum, drum, start singing. <laughs> Come on now. So, and they like laugh and mock him and he like runs away and like opens it up and sees it's sand and he's furious. So he turns into a giant pumpkin and, which is like, dude, if you have this magic, why are you like busking? Yeah, right. He could turn into a pumpkin. He couldn't turn his hand into a talking parrot or something. Come on. So Zimwee's a really interesting tortured villain. (laughs) So he like chases after her sisters, rescue her. It's like great. There's like a chase scene. As he's a giant pumpkin. Yeah, he's like rolling like down the path. <laughs> it's wonderful. And it's the same path they went down before and it's great. To get to the beach. Yeah. Of course. And then he turns into a seagull. Or like they try whatever. They're like cornering him. I don't know. Maybe there's another transformation too. And he turns into a seagull and like at the end of the book you just see him like on the beach, like where he first began. And you're like, oh, what a little twerp. It's great, man. Zimwee. It sounds great. It's my favorite. <laughs> it sounds delightful. And it's always nice. I feel like that is something that children's books probably strive towards, mm-hmm. is finding a way to like relate to kids without it being super heavy-handed. Yeah. Well, that's, I feel like, I mean, with Nanny Baby, I read like so many different kinds of books, and... It, there's so many obnoxious kids' books. Like, really? Like, so heavy-handed. Like, so, um... Like... I mean, I'm all about, like, a lesson or a moral. Uh-huh. But, like, the ones that are so... It just seems, like, written by... This isn't even the right word, but, like, self-serving parents or something. Oh. Like, this is why you be polite. And you're like, eh, go sure. fuck off. Like, right. don't... It... Yeah. It's so like, it's, condescending. You could still... Yeah, yeah. Kids are intelligent enough at some point to know when they're just being, like, 
yeah told to do something instead of being entertained <laughs> yeah exactly exactly and like i but then it is funny because if i'm in a bad mood the books that are like really like silly like that feature kids as the main characters of mm-hmm. like ah they you know ran everywhere and sprayed soup all over the walls i'm like oh Hell no. I'm not reading like, this I shit. Get, I get so mad. <laughs> right, right, like, right. Kids can do anything. You're like, no, shut up. No, and gotcha, <laughs> gotcha. So, so there are some, balance. yeah. So there are some that are too like, not necessarily. You know where the wild things are with yeah. Max being temperamental before he goes where the wild things are, but like actual rambunctious little piece of crap right. kids that are like. I feel. Well, I feel like what the difference is is. Like, if they're too close to reality, oh, sure, I dislike yeah. them. That makes sense. Like, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, did you, Ken, do you have any recent, like, specific examples of ones that were... Um, sometimes, we read this one in the library, and I was like, we're not taking this home. <laughs> it was, like, about... Um, a kid, the author's kid. Oh, yeah. Which is, like, great and sweet, but for some reason, this one, to me, felt really gross. Like, okay. I, I don't know exactly the right description of it, but, like... Um, like, it, self-serving, or... Yeah, it just seems... I can't even think of the word for it, but just, like, so, like, you're perfect and oh. wonderful, and, like... Which, A, I feel like you shouldn't call kids perfect. You shouldn't call anyone perfect. Like, it's such a terrible occasion. Yeah. And, like, and like they're not. So, like, let's teach kids that we all make mistakes. Yeah. And, like, and like that they're great and wonderful. Mm-hmm. But they're not perfect. And, and like, especially if they do, like, if they're told they're perfect and then they do something shitty like yeah, a little right, shitty kid right. does and they're like doesn't matter i'm perfect you right. know like it may not you know that may get like lost in translation i understand the the you know desire behind it but it's especially when kids are that young yeah. i don't think that you can really like you know a girl who's in, who's like 12 or 13 and you're trying to be like Hey, like, you be you. Like, you're perfect. You know, like, trying to be encouraging is totally different from being like, you're my perfect little sweet six-year-old angel. Right, 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 right. (laughs) Because it's like, you know, how how could you not call, like, a baby that? You know, they just seem like it. Right. And even, like, you know, as they get a little older, (laughs) those are toddlers. But, like, of course, toddlers are, you know, the devil incarnate. Right. two foot form. (laughs) But, yeah. Uh, that is weird to, to, so, uh, you bringing this up makes me think of the storyline from, uh, Gone Girl, which mm, you saw yeah. this past weekend, yes, right? Yes, yes, That the main, or, you know, basically the subject of the movie, um, the, uh, title character, the yeah. Gone Girl, is this, <laughs> like, um, she's a, uh, her parents wrote a children's book series yeah, about yeah. her called Amazing Amy. Yeah. So she has all these, like, unnecessarily high expectations. Like, there's yeah. one scene that just explains, like, oh, I couldn't have a dog growing up, but Amy did, and, like, yeah. uh, I didn't... I got cut from my JV volleyball team, but Amy made varsity, yeah. blah, 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 blah. Um, and after... Excuse me. I don't know how you felt about the movie, 
I had very mixed feelings about it. Um, but afterwards, Eric said that he felt like that was a completely unnecessary um, aspect of the movie. And I was like, well, I think what they were going for was that she was this very beloved like character and person. Mm-hmm. So in the search to figure out what had happened to her, um, uh, and I'm going to try to do this without giving anything away, and I don't think I have yet, but mm-hmm. in the search to figure out what had happened to her, that was why it gained so much national coverage and notoriety yeah. was that she was like this pseudo-famous person. Right. And Eric was like, oh, yeah, I guess that does make sense, but I don't really think that it had to be a book character. And I was like, well, I don't think it did either, but everyone yeah. in the movie's a writer, you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah. So, of course, they would want it to be something right. writer-related. Yeah. yeah. Like, I don't know. Yeah. And it does, I feel like it adds such an element of her character of, like, these, this is what her parents are like. Right. You know, like she, and also she is super privileged and super rich. Yes. So like, you know. And it like adds the level of complication for what their finances were like. Like she thought right. she was going to have a trust fund and then she didn't and all yeah. this stuff leading up to, um, her disappearance. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I just thought it was interesting and I haven't read the book and I, I've, I've heard, um, that the book goes into her parents' characters a lot more than the movie. Did. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. The book is excellent. I really? Recommend it. Did it was, you like, uh, very, very disturbing. Yeah. How do you feel like the book compares to the movie? I mean, I thought it was a really good adaptation. I feel like if you like the book, I don't think you'll be disappointed with the movie. That doesn't surprise me because the book seems like... I mean, the movie seems like a book. book. It seems like a novelization, but told as a movie. Yeah, yeah. And it's the same author, too. Right, which I think is good in a lot of ways uh, for... In terms of, like like you said, if you're looking for it to be loyal to the book. Yeah. But... Not necessarily great if you're looking for something to be told as a movie. Right. You know? I yeah. don't know. I, I wasn't you. crazy about the movie. I feel you. But it's hard to talk about without giving stuff away. Yeah. I know, I know. There's so much involved we'll talk there. Talk about it off air. Sure, <laughs> sure, sure. But it just made me think of that as in terms of like an author being uh taking liberties with their own kid. Yeah. Um how often do you think that kind of thing happens? I don't know. I mean I feel well, I feel like there's lots of, definitely lots of one-offs or people probably trying to start series about their own kids. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. And like, yeah, sometimes reading these, like, some books seem like they're just written by such privileged people, like really pisses me off. Like, um... I mean, do you think that's the only way they're able to get them published? Is that part of it? Or... I mean, maybe. I like... I don't know. And I know that I'm sort of like, who am I to like rant about privilege? But Sure, but... It just, it like... You still have perspective, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it just seems like... <laughs> it's like, you live in this world that's very bizarre. Like, basically, like, Manhattan babies. Like, oh, being like, sure. Oh, Lulu was at preschool, and she had sushi. <laughs> and like, oh, God. It, it's like this literal book I read that was... And none of those things would have been bad, except there was a terrible fucking book. And I was like, this is a huge waste of time. <laughs> I regret the last six minutes. What a mistake. Yeah, well, isn't there... Well, yeah, like, Louise? Is it? What's Eloise? That? Eloise, yeah. yeah. Isn't, isn't... Aren't a lot of her adventures, like, Eloise at the Ritz Hotel? Yeah, but I like feel that. like she's interesting because, like, 
doesn't she like live in the hotel and I think you're right she's like a kid and a dog on her own oh yeah yeah there was a great um piece in the New Yorker um I think that Julie Pearson sent it to me that um about like Eloise grown up and it is so funny really because it's like written like a total overprivileged like that's so um, funny completely oblivious little girl with like the with like adult um resources interesting so it's like she of course is like a manservant and of like, course is just like yeah is like sad but doesn't like is describing like a terrible existence but has no like awareness concept of, it. of yeah. this yeah. that's so really interesting like, uh speaking of being oblivious i feel like uh, so I've talked to Ryan before and I can't remember where, whether you were a part of the conversation or not about, um, one of us, and I think it might've been him, not to, I think it was him, um, compared you to Amelia Bedelia. <laughs> <laughs> like, and I think someone, I think someone even at some point said Cynthia Bedelia. <laughs> um, yeah, I've gotten it from Amelia Crabtree. <laughs> really? Yeah. Maybe that's, maybe that's, maybe it was when we were all over here. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. I did love Amelia Bedelia books. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's so, so many good ones. Like, any, like, Jan Brett, it, like, it's, like, the most beautifully illustrated books. And there's always, like, animals as main characters, which I also what all love. Um... The mitten, where like this little boy loses. It. Also, they're like very like Scandinavian looking and like. Oh sure. The best part about it is, I mean, the illustrations are so beautiful. And on the side, there's like side panels that give you like that either tell a whole separate story, like very simple of like oh this little like like panel across the top is like these little hedgehogs. And if you look at that, you'll see they have kind of like this interaction throughout the book. Huh. Unrelated to the main story. Cool. Or, Just as a part of the illustrations. Yeah. Cool. Or like on the side, it'll give you like kind of a hint to what's going to happen next. Oh yeah. If you like pay attention and look and that's fun. Those are beautiful. Um, I love like James Marshall. Um, I think that he wrote the Fox books or maybe someone else did, but James Marshall, like his illustrations are also great. And they're like a lot of like chubby animals. What are the Fox books? Um, I don't even know. I don't even think he has a last name. It's just Fox and Friends. Okay. Did you ever read these? His friend. It Carmen's sounds vaguely familiar. Dog, Dexter's a pig. Oh yeah, yeah. It definitely sounds familiar. He's a little sister, Louise, and his like girlfriend love interest is Raisin. <laughs> what is she? Great... Another fox? Yeah. She's a white. Is fox. his name Fox? Yeah. And everybody else's name is not their animal. Right. <laughs> Come on, dude. It's great. Uh, have you seen Fantastic Mr. Fox? I have. That movie's great. I absolutely love it. I almost watched it this weekend again. Really? Yeah. I, it seems up your alley. Absolutely. You know? I'm, I'm very pro-animal protagonist. <laughs> <laughs> animal protagonist, but like more adult, uh, yeah. serious, um, uh, like fallout for decisions made and things yeah. like that. But also... Kind of in a silly sweet way. Right. And then it ends with a little dance party in a grocery store. It's like whimsical and dark at the same yes, time. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I, which I think you could say about a lot of Wes Anderson movies. Yeah, yeah. But that one's so much in particular because because uh, of the animation. Yeah. Uh, James Marshall was the Fox guy? Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure he wrote the Fox books. I might be wrong on that. But he, he wrote like so many others. George and Martha, which are these... 
hippos. That's yeah. Friends. I know George and Martha. I can even picture the like uh cover of it. Yeah, it's such like iconic. Yeah, I did. I'm trying to think of what some of my favorites were when I was growing up. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean classics. Good night, moon. Yeah. Uh, the Giving Tree. Yeah. Go dog go. Go dog go is. I mean, big fave. One of the best. Big fave. Like. I, I mean, I mean, know that I read it as a kid, but like, I mean, nanny baby, I'll be like, you pick out some books, then I'll slip go dog go. <laughs> it's like, it's just my favorite. It's like so simple and beautiful. Uh huh. It's really simple, but all the dogs look like they're having a total blast. Yeah, and I love that it just like escalates. Like one dog, two dog, red dog, dogs having a dog party on a dog. Trip. <laughs> yeah. <It's> like, yes. <laughs> Dog tree! Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, all of those. There's another one that I thought of early on. Were you into Dr. Seuss books? Yes. Yeah, I was just about to say Dr. Seuss. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of what I loved. When I was in um, one of my like gifted and talented classes, oh, mm. humble brag, uh, back in the day, when I was in like fifth grade, I think, fifth or sixth, uh, we had to write, um, like, either what we, I think it was, like, an alternate ending or, like, a continuation oh. of the Butter Battle book, Ooh. Um, cause it, which is kind of like a, like, was I just talking, I think I was talking to um, Tubble about this when she mm. did the podcast. We were talking about how, like, some Seuss books are so, can be so, like, serious. Yeah. Um, like the Lorax and things mm-hmm. like that, and the, I think the Butter Battle book is one of those too, sure. where it's like, oh, this is like kind of teaching kids what war is like. Right. <laughs> yeah, he. Um, I worked the Dr. Seuss exhibit at the Museum of Science and Industry, cool. and it was like the best because, I mean, actually, the exhibit itself like wasn't great. Aww. I'm like, you think Dr. Seuss? You should walk into a whimsical world and yeah. be transported. And it was, like, kind of a badly done exhibit. Aww, but, like, boo. the information was great. Cool. And um, he, like, uh, painted and just had, like, a private collection that, like, didn't... He would, like, give to friends sometimes, but, like, really kept on the DL. Aww. And so it was, like, walls of paintings, which were, like, so beautiful. That's awesome. And he... Um, and he's, like, such an interesting character. Like, he likened himself to the cat as the cat in the hat. That's you know, so like, fun. And, like, reporters hated him because he would never tell the truth and, like, wouldn't answer questions straight. That's or would so answer one way and then answer completely differently the other. So, That's like, so funny. How great is that? He's wonderful. And, like, Theodore, so political. Geisel. Geisel, yeah. yeah. Which he got from his mother. Oh. But he, yeah, he was, How like, did, such where a did, like, the name Dr. Seuss come from? Can you or maybe he's I told feel, a different story about it every time. Yeah, I could be wrong, but I think that this was it. He like was the editor of like a school paper in college and like did something that upset the authorities and they were like, You have to fire that guy and they're like, Okay. And he's like, He's gone. Doctor Seuss is like here. His replacement I'm, is yeah. named Doctor Seuss. That's I'm probably wrong on those details, but I think it had to I love that like, as a, a story paper. though. All right. I love that. We'll just believe that. That's yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, Horton Hears a Who. Yeah. He, like, wrote a ton of political cartoons, too. That doesn't surprise like, me. Because so many of those are are so, like, subtly political. Still, yeah. like, enjoyable for a young person. 
Yeah. But kind of like those are, those are good because those are like lessons and morals that aren't like drilling. Right. It's like it's such a mature like format. For yeah. It. Yeah. And I mean, I mean, is it more years who the like a man is a man no matter how small? Exactly. Yeah. 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 A person's a person no matter how small. Yeah. And like. Um, yeah, they're just like so beautiful and great. And he, like the colors he used, um, were like specifically designed because they're like pleasing for like little kids. Really? Like for you know where your like brain development is when you're. So that all little. the like light greens and yellows and yeah. oranges. That's what I always picture and mm-hmm. like hot pinks. Yeah, yeah. Light pinks. Um, there's this building. It's funny that you say that because there's a building at Furman where I went to school. It was their math building. And everyone would always comment on how odd all the walls were, colors were. Because uh-huh. they were like, um, I mean, similar to that palette. Like, yeah, yeah. lots of, like, um, dark yellows and light oranges and some greens and pinks, but mostly yellows and oranges. And when I became a tour guide, they gave us all those, like, small details about the school. And they were like, uh, when they built um, this building, the math building, they did a study or found a study that was uh, the colors that encouraged learning the most. And, like, painted the walls those colors. So cool. Isn't that interesting? I love that. So, yeah. So, as soon as you said that, I was like, oh, I wonder if that is similar. It's probably tied in because I think there's also some light purples, which I think is kind of a Seuss color. I bet that's exactly, I bet they're similar, um, similar, like similarly related studies. It's probably the same time period. Right. Right. I feel, um, the other great thing about Dr. Seuss, I mean, there's a million, but he (laughs) like, um, it's such a great story. Like he (laughs) kept all his rejection letters and it's like hundreds and from publishers and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. And he, I mean, he like always wrote, it seemed like he always kind of wrote on this, wrote kids' books on the side, but it was very much like a side hobby. Hmm. He didn't get famous for it. He was an ad man who wrote children's books on the side, secretly. He didn't really get well known for it until he was like in his fifties. I think I did know that that it either happened like late in his life or posthumously. Yeah, and I think it was Green Eggs and Ham that like destroyed it, which was a bet with his publisher. Really? He's like, I bet you can't write a book with using the same 50 words. And he did. And so it was That's like... so funny. Um, what a guy. I know. He's such a love. I The reason it came up with Tabo is because um, I've probably said this a million times on the podcast because I say it a million times in my life, but slut ever. Um, I'm like, <laughs> I kind of try to like uh, embody the Dr. Seuss quote, be who you are and say what you feel because those who mind don't matter and those who matter don't mind. Because mm-hmm. um, I just think it's like, I mean, I guess you could say like, well, if you're a shitty person and like you just do whatever you want and it's like, well, yeah, but then you beget other shitty people and yeah. maybe that's what you deserve. Yeah. Oopsie. Good, good, good. Uh, but like if you... To me, it's more about, like, tr- not trying to be someone that you're not. Yeah. It's always about trying to be true to yourself and that begetting the right people into your life. Yeah. I absolutely love that. I mean, the Dr. Seuss book that, like, reduces me to tears every time is um, The Places You'll Go. Oh, yeah. It's, For sure. I mean, it's like... I can get you chills just thinking about it. Yeah. 
And I don't really, I mean, I'm sure I read it as a kid. I don't really remember it, but like reading it as an adult is just like, yeah, mm-hmm. and like, you know, there'll be dark days and like, you won't mm-hmm. know where to turn. You won't know what you're doing, but like, oh, yeah, God. again, I have chills. <laughs> Sorry to tear up just thinking about it. <sighs> Speaking of things that children's books will bring me to tears. Uh, I already talked about one of them, but the giving tree, mm-hmm. um, uh, I can't remember the name of the book, but it's the one that's like, I'll love you forever. I'll, I'll like, like you for always. always. As long as, as you're, you're living, living, my baby will be. God damn it. I just read that book. What is that book week. called? I think it's called like, maybe you like you most of that. Or something. Or, yeah, yeah, I think yeah. it is most of that. I love you forever or something. Ugh. Man. I mean, what that is just. A heartbreaker. It is. It's a real doozy. Man. The one thing, rereading it this time. So like. You know, when her son's an adult, sometimes mm-hmm. in the middle of the night, she'll drive to his house. She takes a ladder into his front, like, up, she puts it in his yard, climbs <laughs> into it, and I was like, cool, except, what if he's got a lady over? Oh. How many times do we think that <laughs> What if he's got a lady over? In my mind, I was like, what if he thinks there's an intruder and he <laughs> attacks his own mother? <laughs> so I think yours was probably a better yet more embarrassing alternative. Yeah. I, uh, oh, man. I was also like, this lady's uh, a little crazy. She's like, I'll hook my ladder on top of my car. <laughs> yeah, that's... It's like, all right, chill it on the love level, okay? <laughs> we so know it's great. forever, but... <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, it's a great book. The end. Um, are you a fan of the Velveteen Rabbit? Yes. I would say I'm not super familiar, oh, but yeah. That's a me weeping book, oh, for sure. Velveteen Rabbit is... Oh, because he loses it, right? Yeah, he loses it. So it's like the rabbit, he's like a stuffed Velveteen Rabbit. And he's beautiful. But the boy loves him so much that like, you know, his oh, like black nose is right. like shiny and his fur is patchy. Um... And so his like mom tries to give him a new one or something. Well, yeah. So he, he also like encounters, you know, like the old wooden horse who's very wise because he's like, "Am I real?" And he's like, "Anyone who's loved is real." Aww. Or like something like that. Where you're like, "Jesus Christ!" And then he is like in the garden with some rabbits that are real, and they hop away and they like make fun of him because he's all sewn together and he doesn't mm-hmm. have hind legs. Then the boy gets. Scarlet fever, and so they have to throw away that's everything right. that's touched and burn it. That's right. But luckily, Velveteen Rabbit, like, um, there's a hole in the rubbish bin, and so he like crawls out. That's right. And he's in the yard. Also, there's like a fairy. I mean, it's just like it's so beautiful. I remember. I can imagine that, like, him being like by the tree in the yard. Yeah. I can see that image really clearly. And it's like all about like, you know, love and like. You know, like, we all get, like, beat up and, like, Aww. you know, life doesn't, like, keep you pretty. Mm-hmm. But, like, you know, you can still be so loved. And, like, so the fairy, like, does her magic. And the bee, or the bee, the um, rabbit sees, like, the other rabbits and is like, oh, look at their hind legs. Like, I, I'm less than them because I can't jump. And, like, mm-hmm. a bee lands on his nose and he jumps and, like, leaps. And you're like... <gasps> He's oh, a real rabbit. He's so real. He was so loved when he became a real rabbit. It's that a great, great book. Um, corduroy. 
yeah, big favorite of big mine fan. when I was growing up. Oh, classic. Um, Pokey Little Puppy. Oh, Pokey Little Puppy. Pokey Little Puppy's so good. And my mom recently bought a bunch of Pokey Little Puppy oh. books for my nephew. Oh. And both my brother and I were like, and my sister-in-law, all of us were just like, <gasps> Pokey Little Puppy. <laughs> Those always made me hungry. Because isn't he always like getting snacks? You're trying to find little snackies. Because he being pokey around yeah, the snackies. <laughs> yeah, that's been a nice like revisit to children's books yeah. for having a nephew. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, so I feel like I, I don't know if I've bought him any books yet, but I know my mom has, and he loves to read. Yeah, yeah, getting real good at it. Ugh, so good. Um, he's, I mean. By getting real good at it, he's like getting really good at his two. So he's like he can recite the books. That yes, he wants the most. yes. Yeah. So he's like getting really good at listening to, yeah. um, you know, his parents reading books and paying attention to it and knowing all the books yeah. he loves the most. Like there's a video that I can show you, <laughs> off air, of him reading. It's a Duck and Goose book. Ooh. Are you familiar with Duck and Goose? No, no. They're like. There's this whole, there's a whole line of Duck and Goose books where they're looking for a pumpkin. Aww. And so it's just like, uh, where's the pumpkin, Goose? Like, is it over here, Duck? Is it under this, Duck? Like, it's like, oh, uh, it's great. He's great. He's so a, good. He's a precious little redheaded gem of a it's tiny boy. What a treat. He's great. Yeah. Oh, I don't. I'm gonna see him soon. I'll see him. I'll see him in December. Yeah, that's not super soon. That's yeah. like you know, it's closer to the next time I'll see him than it is to the last time I saw him. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, that's always a good thing. Where do your older sisters live? Well, um, Michelle, the oldest, is in New York. Um, Renee is in Switzerland. Whoa, she's in grad school, though. And I mean, she's lived, like, she did live in the U.S. for a few years before this, but I mean, before that, she's been abroad for, like, four years, or, I mean, I don't even know how long, yeah. She she go to school abroad? Um, she studied abroad in college, and then after college, went back to Ecuador, where she'd lived, and she lived in Argentina. She lived in Hawaii, which is also, you know, obviously part of the U.S., Far enough away, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so she's always been very... Uh, traveling and she did she lived this summer in Jordan doing an internship and she wants to go back for next semester it's crazy so then she'll be done and then who knows where wow. she will go so like literally anywhere in the world is open oh the places you will go yeah and then Dawn is in Botswana in the Peace Corps what? so <laughs> I'm the boring um little stateside bank baby uh I would beg to differ <laughs> You're oh, doing, go on. She's doing big things. <laughs> Just because you're close to where you grew up doesn't mean you're not doing cool shit. Yeah. It is a funny, like, inconvenient blessing that you're like, man, I wish the thing I wanted to do wasn't in the place that I wasn't grew up. Wasn't right here. But also, if it wasn't, I mean, I guess I would have made it work, but, like, I was able to live at home. Yeah. And still, like, take class. Yeah, and you can, like, ask yourself that question of, like, would I have started doing this in the way that I did it if I had to go somewhere to do it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It would just take them longer. Yeah, because then, but I know, I can't remember who it is, but I was just talking to Stephanie about someone recently, and I was just like, yeah, I think they're just ready to leave Chicago because they've just been here, like, their whole 
yes. life basically or like they came here for college and then started doing improv afterwards I do feel like it gives you a different perspective on it especially being friends and knowing so many people who moved here to do this right 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 uh, and it, I think that being the majority versus the people who are like already in the area yeah yeah but it also gives you a unique perspective on being here already yeah it is interesting I mean I definitely feel like it's you know very different than like my life growing up here you know? sure how could it not be um, did you ever see shows and stuff when you were growing I up I actually did in high school really because my friend Jason Hodge who now lives in LA was he was taking classes at I.O. when he okay. was in high school which is like dude way to go oh I think you did tell me and he they used to have a show called The Lottery where they pull one person yeah. for every level and like play with veterans and it was like a weekly run and he was in level one and he got that's chosen. crazy yeah so we went to like a bunch of his shows and we would like order pretzels you know right right <laughs> like, right right right, right. Um, I think you did tell me this when the um, IO was moving to a new location because yeah. you had such a long history with it yeah yeah even though you haven't been like a performer there for a very long time yeah I hated Harold I was like this makes me feel stupid because yeah. I don't get it and everyone else seems to and I don't understand. And why is everyone waving their arms now on stage? <laughs> like, <laughs> scenes I get. What the hell is this? It's this other thing. I mean, but I think that's not a bad thing to forget when yeah. you're thinking of like audiences that go see improv in yeah. general, not just It's Harold's. not always the most like accessible thing. Yeah. I've been thinking about that a decent amount recently. That, like, we all get it, but not everyone does. Like, not everyone has that language. Yeah. I feel like it's a language barrier. Yeah, it it is. Almost. It is. I don't know what the... I don't know what that says about improv as, like, an art Mm -hmm. and improv as uh, a thing to be sought after by audiences. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Like, some of it feels, like, exclusive. Yeah. I guess maybe it says a lot about the groups that have garnered big followings, regardless of whether that following was, like, within the community or not. You know what I mean? Uh, Bridging that accessibility gap. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, like, so much of it is accessible, too. It's... Mm -hmm. I don't know. It is kind of... It is an interesting, like, combination of factors. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, you have you ever been a cast member of Storytown, or d- did you no, just? No, I, I just, just did, did that. Yeah, but that's I feel like as close as improv gets to uh, children's books. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. They had sent an email like, um, "This is thing is looking for this," and I had never seen Storytown. I know, and I was like, "Cool, kid stuff." Like, I always love. But Storytown is a uh, an early morning show put on designed for children. Yes. It's it's basically it's an, an improv show designed yeah. for children. And they so they are great. Like they use um, it's musical. Yeah, I've seen it uh, once or twice. They do lots of like suggestions from the audience from the kids. Right. Like, um, often we'll have the kids come up and like play something or like you know incorporate some kind of parade or have everyone like, like make a rainstorm color or, on the back wall right. and things they, like that yeah they choose the the location and then the kids come up and draw the set right right that's right and it's like wonderful um it's so well done jill olsen is like that's very so cool smart. um but like doing art for that was super fun 
because it would be like, great, we're going to make something on the fly. Yeah. And you're like, there's an alligator character and you'd have to cut an alligator out of construction yeah. paper or something like and that. And so like I would, um, and I didn't do it a ton because I was still living at home at the time, which okay. was like a huge pain. Tripping it into the city. Um, or yeah. farther into the city. Yeah. I mean, it would like, <laughs> it would like take me 45 minutes yeah. to get there. Yeah. If yeah, I was driving. 10 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. So it was pretty rough. But or when um, the shows started at 10. Right. Yeah. Um, but like you could, you know, run in suits and like costume people. So is this the only apartment you've ever had? Actually, yeah. Oh, I mean, fun. I had apartments in college, but. Right, right, right. Yeah. It is funny. Fun. Like, should I have tried different neighborhoods? I mean, not that I This is a great but. place though. It, it's so hard to give up. It's like so sunny and like spacious and it's I love big. it. It's big. It's a great location. Our landlord really is like the, the worst person in the world. Really? But, Ugh. but this apartment is so lovely. I don't want to. Leave. I don't I do know. Like it. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. When's your lease up? End of February. Okay. So Sometimes. you have two months. Got a few months. Has Amy yeah. been living with you since Bridget left? Yeah, okay, yeah. That's yeah. what I thought. Yeah, She's so it's also crazy. I should celebrate with her. It's a year. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. So many reasons to celebrate. I know. It's um, uh, I was going to ask something else and I don't remember what it was. Uh, but yeah, that Storytown children's book like link seemed too <laughs> yeah. close not to bring up. What are some of your favorites that you've read with Nanny Baby that we haven't talked about? Because oh, I tried man. to ask about some of your Early favorites from childhood. Um, uh, there's a book called Visitor for Bear, and it is my favorite. And I just found a second book called like Birthday for Bear. <gasps> so I'm like, yes! Because this needs to be a series. It is, um, oh, who is it by? I don't remember. Oh, as a side note, Mo Willems is like another great children's author. Mo Willems? Yeah. So, so fantastic. What is um, I highly recommend uh, <laughs> City Dog Country Frog if you want to cry. That sounds like a delight. <laughs> it's real, City, real good. City Frog Country Dog? City or? Dog Country City Frog. City Dog Country Frog. Um, but <laughs> Visitor for Bear is like the best. Even the titles right. are just like right. so adorable. It's, just, it's like so delighting uh-huh. for all ages. Uh-huh. Um, but like the illustrations are great. This bear is like, you know, like very big, but has like a small head and like small feet. <laughs> and like, so he's like, bear didn't like visitors. He'd never had one, but he was quite sure he didn't like them. That is so funny already. So it's like, so he's like this like picky, like persnickety little bear, not little, big bear. And he's like going to make Tiny his breakfast. Head. And there's Mouse, small and gray and bright. And he's like, get out. Mouse is like, a cup of tea, please. And he's like, no, get out. And Mouse is like, oh, sorry. And like leaves. And it's great because, you know, then he like, Bear keeps going about the business of making his breakfast yeah. and like opens the refrigerator and then there's Mouse. Small that and gray and bright eyed. is so funny. And he's like, Bear is so overdramatic. Uh-huh. Like, he's like, nah! like bellowing and Mouse is like not phased at all. And it's like, ah, yes, terribly so. <laughs> and then like, sure enough, there comes and like, you know, Bear tries to like keep him out and like stoppers up the fireplace and like this all stuff. But there's Mouse. He's like the Vernon Dursley of bears. Yeah. He's like, no exactly. post today. He's like, small and gray and well, you know the rest. So then eventually, Bear, some overdramatic bear is then like, I'm undone. <laughs> you can 
one cup of tea and that's it. Oh my god. And Mouse is like, one cup. And he like promises. And they like, they sit by the fire and like warm their toes. The clock fit, like clicked or ticked very loudly. Uh-huh. And then Bear like clears his throat. Mouse looked most attentive. No one had ever looked very attentive for oh. Bear before. So then, but I love the escalation here. So like, you know, like, oh, no one had ever paid attention to Bear before. Um, the fire is nice, said Bear. Lovely, said Mouse. Or like, no one had ever said Bear's fires were lovely. Then Bear did a handstand. <laughs> Mouse clapped. Like, it's like, amazing. Bear told a joke. Mouse laughed. Like, it's so great. Then, you know, Mouse finished As though tea. he had had all these things inside like, of him that he was just letting out. I was immediately like, hey, this person's paying attention to me. Better do a handstand. <laughs> so then he, Mouse finished his tea, and Bear's like, more tea? No, said Mouse. I must be going. And Bear's like, no, wait. And he's like, I promise. And Mouse is oh, just like no. trotting away. And Bear's like, no, no. Like throws himself in front of him. He's like, don't go. And Mouse is like, but you said no. And like he has a sign, no visitors allowed. And Bear's like, oh, that. That's for salesmen, not for friends. That. And like tears it up. And like they both so funny. So it's that sounds great. amazing. And they're like my favorite characters. That sounds amazing. It's I'm glad beautiful. there's another one. It yeah. sounds wonderful. Oh. Um, I have, uh, that just inspired so many things. First <laughs> of all, if you give a mouse a cookie. Classics. Fucking classic. Oh, so beautiful. Uh, so good. Second, um, oh, and I was recently uh, FaceTiming with my nephew mm. and he chose to have my sister-in-law read him if you give him us a cookie oh. and he and it's like one of like five different of those books now. yeah you yeah, know what yeah. i mean oh, they so have many. like a, a set you give a pig a pancake you give a moose a muffin i've heard know. a moose a muffin Good yeah <laughs> um so uh that was one of them second thing is how do you so you spoke to this a little bit before where like uh you said something to the effect of like kids aren't that dumb like yeah. they know when they're being spoken down to I feel like that's really important. I feel mm-hmm. like a lot of people overlook that. I think yeah. I think there's something to be said for the intelligence of, of young kids. That, for sure. Um, do you think that there's like... Um, do you think there are books that like respond to that? I don't really know what kind of question mm-hmm. I'm asking. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that like... Hmm. That is like... That's a great question though i this actually makes me think of um a performer with um actually i don't know where he was with i i worked for a summer at the like family fun festival downtown okay Union park okay and they had like great programming it's like cool. through the cultural center and it's like free cool and it is great like they would have bands from all over come and perform like dance troops like aerial acrobats. Oh, nice. Like really, really quality, amazing the stuff. The kind of thing that like parents who are on top of their shit are like, oh, this is free in the park? Yeah. Yes, we are also, going. I feel like a lot of tourists would wander in. Sure. And it was like, what an amazing thing for you because you're like, you know, touring the sites of Chicago and your kid is probably like getting a little rough. Boy. So now you yeah. have like this great place with like books and games cool. and good, really good programming. Uh-huh. Um, but in the morning they would always do like um, a wiggle worms type thing, which is like old town school folk music, like 
kids songs and stuff that's like yeah. interactive. Yeah. But this Johnny dude, Carelli. I wish I could remember his name because this is not helpful. But um, he was like a baby rock star, and he like had had like his hair dyed and would like dress really fun, but like. And like silly, but not like. What was goo. the uh, what was the whole festival program thing called? Family Fun Festival. Family Fun Festival. Okay. Um. Uh. But anyway, he would he but he would like. Well, he was wearing like bright colors, whatever. It was like hip, you know, and cool. like cool looking. And he would come out and he would address the kids like they were at a rock concert. And we're talking cool. like you know toddlers. Yeah. And, and like and a little older, but like, you know. Most of these kids that would be there in the morning mornings were, like, young, you know, probably, like, infant to five. Mm-hmm. And he'd just be like, all right, kiddies, how we doing? And, like, yes. they would scream. Precious. And it was, like, it was so fun and great. And he was so popular. As opposed to just being like, hello there, kids. Right. Like, yeah. a thousand things you've seen before. Right. Yeah. And and also, because he really made it, he made, I feel like he made it special for the kids versus, like, yeah, your parents are here, and that's great for them, too, but this is about us kids. Yeah. Like, we're going to rock out. There's this... The wheels on the bus! <laughs> yeah! <laughs> it sounds bus. like a real version of... I don't know how much of Parks and Recreation you've seen, uh-huh. but in the sixth season, Chris Pratt's character starts um, playing... Uh, it. It was born out of his band, Mouse Rat, mm. um, being booked for a gig, but the gig was a children's birthday party, <laughs> and the rest of his bandmates were like, we're not good. We're not going to do a children's birthday party, dude. Like, what are you trying to do? And so he comes with just his acoustic guitar and starts writing songs on the spot. And uh, his character becomes Johnny Karate. And all the kids fall in love with Johnny Karate. And he books all these gigs and becomes this, like, huge sensation. It's so delightful because it's such... It's such a good storyline for that character. Like, of course, that guy... Is a uh, is a children's musical performer because he has the like kind of all the sensibilities of a little kid in the first place. So he just writes songs about like pizza and karate and toots. Like he has all these like really silly songs, and it was one of my favorite storylines of the most yeah, recent season. Uh, he has a so song called Toot. That's hilarious. Yeah, yeah, it's it's really really great. Um, I. I am both excited. I think that show... So the next season is the last season. And uh-huh. I think that's the right choice. Because uh, I think it was like showing signs of age. And then at the end of the sixth season, they did something that's kind of going to like make the seventh season completely different from everything that came before yeah. it. Which I think was absolutely the right choice. Just yeah. to kind of like mix it up for the last hurrah. But I talked about Parks Recreation on this podcast a thousand times that I don't need to anymore. <laughs> and I'm sorry for taking up time in doing no, it no. Um, But it's a great show. Mm-hmm. Um, and you should watch it if you haven't. Uh, let's see. There's one other thing specifically that I was going to ask you about, but I don't know if I'm going to be able to remember what it was. <laughs> so instead, I will say, uh, um, how do you feel like your love of children's books has influenced you creatively and your life in general? Mm, an excellent question. Um, I feel like kids' books are so... Like, when they're done well, they're the best. Mm-hmm. And when they're done badly, they're, like, just, like, the biggest waste of time. <laughs> um, but also... Like, uh, play, play, 
uh, um, sushi. Yeah. The girl who had sushi yeah. at like, preschool. What are you That's about, what I was dude? looking for. <laughs> like, that book had no substance. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. It makes me, um, it makes me think that like that's kind of a good lesson to take Interesting. of like, um, because they're like short and you don't need to spell it all out, mm-hmm. you know? So I feel like, I mean, that same thing that, you know, whatever you learn yeah. in all your classes is like, because you see it in practice in kids books, like, mm-hmm. because, you know, so many of them are going for the same kinds of like values, like you know, be kind, Mm -hmm. listen, like, um, stick up for yourself, you Mm -hmm. know, be yourself, like, uh, all that stuff. And so many of them are going after these, yeah, share, like, you know, be good to your friends, like, yeah, respect people, you know, value, you know, yourself and value your your brand and your parents and like, like so many of them want, like, are aiming for that same thing, and so you see it done really badly and really poorly. Sure, yeah. And so it's like... That's really interesting, because I'm sure that... Because especially when you think about improv, there are so many similar things mm-hmm. replayed in improv yeah. that sometimes they become jokes, but like, still, if you see it done really well, it's still really entertaining. Right. And so I kind of feel like that's a good thing to take note of, too, is also like, what's the simplest way you can convey that? Like... You don't need to say Bear is overdramatic and kind yeah. of like a bit of an asshole. Just like show it, you know? And yeah, you can show, show it. don't tell is right. such a big children's yeah. book thing. And you can show it in two lines or in a picture or like a word, you know? It's just... Um, That's so true. Such a fun thing. It also does make me think a lot about like your voice and what you want to say because like the tone of these are all so different mm-hmm. and interesting. Um what kinds of, um, and maybe I shouldn't be interrupting your already great answer no, to this no. question with this, but like, I think it applies as well. Are there any overarching things that you find yourself gravitating towards where children book, children's books are concerned? Yeah, for sure. I like things that... Obviously, you talked about really good characters. Yeah. Sorry, I interrupted you. No, again. no. I like You're things great. that are... You already had an answer. <laughs> I'm an asshole. I'm going to stop talking... You, I'm no, you answer the question. You're perfect. <laughs> um, I I really like stuff that uh, gets into like whimsy mm-hmm. and like things that are a little more like when there's like kind of a magical or abstract element to it. Mm-hmm. Um, that's like a super heightened. Really I mean, I feel like that's like the best part about kids' books is like you don't have to, which is also like true in performing. Like, yeah, we don't have to live in these mundane office scenes. Yeah, like let's if we can make anything happen, yeah. let's do that. Yeah, and I love that about kids' books too because it's like, you know, talking about like you know like little kid frustrations too of like you don't get to do stuff on your own and people don't listen to you and like it's hard and then that kid like in this book is transported into a like you know just like a different world or like a different version of themselves or something and sure like, it's such a and, and like is transformed yeah you know? and then they like come back to reality yeah whatever. man that's such a yeah that's so good because i i totally think that about like creative adventures improv or what have you of mm-hmm. like especially when I was coaching I feel like I said this all the time of like um if 
it doesn't matter what you are creating as long as you accept that that thing you're creating is reality. Yeah. Like, is as a group, you just have to have this, like, certain understanding that, okay, this is what's happening now. All right. That's our reality. And I yeah. think that's so much more. I think that, to me, is one of the... That's my, like, yes and, is mm-hmm. that, yes, this is, like, and, uh, like, I, I, I saw, and I used this example with the group I was coaching, too, but I saw a show where someone was being a talking parking meter, mm-hmm. and it was, like, so interesting and funny and, like, um, you know, just a lot of jokes and things being able to be created by that, and then someone came on and was, like, Jim, get up and stop doing that. Like, parking meters don't talk. And I was like, come on. No. I want to see a world where parking meters talk. Like, what a big... And I'm sure that improviser thought it like, oh, this is a good little, you know, this is a funny little tag. But no, just let the parking meter talk. Why not? Yeah, yeah. That's so much more interesting to me. For sure. I think that's probably... There's probably some truth to that where, like children's bookings are concerned too yeah i feel like a lot of times it's the adult that's like you know oh no no the one who can't see the thing right or like the one who's like yeah come back and the kid's like no because i like it too because it feels very empowering of like you know you like have you have this other rich experience you Mm -hmm. know like you have like a voice and a place Mm -hmm. um which is like of course very important for kids if we want them to grow up to be the kind of adults who like are you know have a voice which is of course like great for creativity and for mm-hmm. your own work of like trusting that like I'm enough I have you know all this inside me and like it doesn't matter what the world is telling me or what I you know what it seems like it's telling me or whatever mm-hmm. like you know the it's not things might be one way but they don't have to be mm-hmm. like I don't know. And I think there's a lot to um, take from that into the, like, life in general aspect of the question, too. Lots of, like, you don't have to accept your uh, situation. Like, being able to know that you have the ability to, like, well, guess I'm just going to settle for this crap. Right, right. It's like, no, it doesn't have to be like that. Yeah, which is, I mean, such a good thing, too. Mm-hmm. I need constant reminding of that. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, I guess this is my life. It's like, yeah, right now, but also, right. you know, it can be anything. So. I was just about to say that, too, is like, and sometimes things are going to be better than other times. Like, yeah. sometimes you just, like, it's, it's like the David after dentist, is this forever? Yeah. <laughs> is this, is this, yeah. Like, every once in a while, if I'm having a terrible day oh. or I had... You know, so I just, like, think to myself, is this forever? And I know it's not. And thus, I am encouraged. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But, yeah, it's, I mean, it's hard to remember that. Yeah, it was, um, it is hard. But I think having a love of something like this is very, uh, is a good thing to love. It's great. I, I highly recommend anyone, like, hang out in the children's section of a library or bookstore. For like ten minutes, and you'll read four books. Yeah, and like, it's, yeah, it's just like such a pleasant like. I don't know. It can be so inspiring too. Just like also, 
I mean, there's so many different kinds of illustrations. Yeah. Like, look at a picture book. I mean, they're crazy. It's like gorgeous. So beautiful. So many different styles. And you're like, what's better? I mean, there's, they're all so Apples amazing. And oranges. Yeah. You like need them all. And mm-hmm. so it's such a good reminder too of like, yeah, put out, even if, yeah, even if, you know, how many people have like done a scene or a piece about a breakup. Right. Like, I don't know. You have like your own unique experiences. Like, yeah. And at the same time, that can speak to other people. Yeah, so like, absolutely. Why not? I mean, Ryan and I just did this show about a breakup Yeah. that I think was one of my favorite things I've done creatively it, very much in recent memory. Like, yeah. but And I do think it had like new things to say or a new perspective on that situation, um, even though there were some like, you know, tropes there, I guess. Yeah. But yeah, but it, it was... Owls was excellent. Thank you. And it was so, I feel like part of it is that it's so specific. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, you know, makes that, changes that from being a like, well, this is the trope yes. of breaking up to like, yeah. this is like, this was a relationship with like so many, you yeah. know. Yeah. And I think Brian also did such a good job and I'm going to have him on the podcast soon. He's been wanting to do it for a while and mm-hmm. I have... I tried to do All Lady October. You're the last oh, lady in All Lady, lady October. October. Yeah, yeah. Lady-tober. Lady-tober. Um, and it's a hell of a lineup of ladies, too, <laughs> if I do say so myself. Um, but So now I'm going to um, get Brian on. But he did such a good job, job writing it in that I feel like it starts very, like, in media res. Mm-hmm. Uh, very much, like, you pick up, in the context of the show, you pick up a lot about the characters themselves. Yeah. Instead yeah. of it just being, like... These are who these two people are. Right. Let's see them going from being happy to mad to whatever happens. Right. It's like, let's show them in a fight. Because you really get to know a couple when they're yeah. in a fight. Yeah. Yeah. And you can see their frustrations and you can immediately relate to both sides of it. There were so many people I talked to after that show who were just like, I liked this because there wasn't a good person and a bad person. Yeah. Like, it was, you could see where both people were coming from yeah. in a lot of situations in the show. Anyway, yeah. I didn't mean to... No, it's on great. Tangent, but no, it fit perfectly. Uh, do you? How do you feel about um, like the gap between um, children's books and adult books? Like, I love young adult novels. Oh, I love them too. I mean, I haven't had like much cause to read them anytime. I read them like too often. <laughs> yeah, hilarious. <laughs> oh, I was reading Animorphs at your house at that. Party yeah. of July, maybe? Yeah, yeah, that's right. And it was great. That's right. I was like, that's I wish right. I wasn't so drunk because I could focus on this more. Yeah. I had no idea it was about aliens. Yeah. It's like amazing. It's amazing. Animorphs is great. Um, I love both of the um, books that I've read by uh, John Green. He wrote A Fault in Our Stars, Ooh. which, if you haven't read that, you should, and then you'll just like cry forever. Um, and the film adaptation of it is very, very good. And uh-huh. there's he has another book called Looking for Alaska that's also so good um and then i I read this book by lev grossman called the magicians and it has Mm. two follow-ups and i haven't read those yet and i need to i've been trying to read an adult book and i just can't do it i read like two or three chapters and i'm like okay and then like you know a week later i might pick it up again but i'm just i'm better i'll just like scream through a young adult book i don't know what that says about me i loved um like Gary Paulson's books, like Hatchet. Every single one of them. Brian's Winter. Yes. I mean, The Canyon oh. is like one of my favorite books ever. Oh, you're I speaking think my language. <laughs> I 
think about the hatchet and Brian's song and Brian's winter. Yeah. All those, but Brian's song. That's, that's not right. That's a different that's, thing. <laughs> that's, no, that's, wait, that that's about Brian's song. Is the uh, isn't that the it's um like the serious. movie about like Gil Sayers or what? It's about a football player. Oh, okay. Uh, anyway, but yeah, I've read I think every Gary Paul. Yeah, book. so great. So great. So those great. and Animorphs were like my bread and butter. Yeah, I loved. Um, I read a lot of like Sweet Valley, mm-hmm. you know. I read a lot of Babysitters Club. I read Babysitters Club. Um, I uh, I loved those Dear America books, which were like written like journals. They had a boys series too, but I think that came out later. But like girls in different time periods, so like oh, cool. historical fiction, which is so kind of like the um, yeah, and like doing kind of like know, the American Girl, yes, girls. but like a little older and cool. like little more complex like yeah and then they would have um like an epilogue and there was like a girl who was like a maid servant on the titanic oh um, cool which is my favorite one they're one you of them titanic yeah oh yeah <laughs> one of them was like an irish um like immigrant working in a factory oh in like you know before like labor movement sure. or like, kind of, like around then and then in the epilogue was like she died two years later of tuberculosis and it was like what the fuck dark it was really they were really dark like because so many of them yeah it, that one like really i like really Jeez. cried because it was like yep i'm sure that's thousands that of is young women what that and, and young people girl's like, life would have been or yeah. boy's life yeah yeah and it was just like so sad. that's crazy <laughs> but i kind of like that that like sometimes I think that kind of goes back to not underestimating the intelligence of children. Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah, like at some point they do know what the world is like and what life is like and what, you know, maybe it isn't always just like you're a perfect child and nothing you do is wrong. Maybe sometimes it's more complex like stories and because that's kind of what life is. It is. It is. And I feel like those are the best things that like resonate with everyone, you mm-hmm. know, like you, you, you know, when you're being bullshitted, you know? Yeah. And, like, <laughs> yeah. And like, we can, I think appreciate, you know, books or stories that are like golden tinted or whatever. Yeah. But it's also like cool to read something that's like, yeah, this is real. Or, or this like, this shows that the world's complicated and it doesn't try to simplify it. And it doesn't try to like, make it all fit into like a little box mm-hmm. it's like mm-hmm. hey this is some stuff we're not going to solve it right yeah now. and i think that can also go back to the genius of dr seuss mm-hmm. i feel like he was super good at that in in a lot of his titles of like wow these these people are kind of being a little shitty like <laughs> yeah and these sneeches and these yeah, like yeah. creatures sneeches. even the who's are, are oh, yeah. not without blame oh no <laughs> um as a side note do you know what my middle name is? I don't think so. It's Lou. So I'm the little Cindy, Cindy Lou. Cindy Lou! Which is also why I adore Dr. Seuss. That's the best. Unintentional. It was um, because my grandma's name is Luella. Luella? <laughs> yeah. That's why I got Lou. Lou but banger. Way to go, Mom. What a... I think, I think that might be the, the out for this. <laughs> Cindy Lou. Ooh. Um, 
having to sing so much on this. I apologize. I don't think you sang enough. Okay. Uh, I think this was wonderful. I think you're wonderful. Thank you so much for doing it. You're awesome, yes. Oh, stop. (laughs) Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for letting me invade your home late at night. No worries. Secret Uh, treats. You're just like the mom and I'll love you forever. (laughs) Yes. I slapped a ladder on the back of my bike (laughs) and put it up against your window. Um, (gasps) Cynthia Banger. I love you and I mean that. Oh, MBS, I love you and I mean that. This has been a Nerdalogs production. For more on the Nerdalogs and our shows, please go to www.nerdalogs.com. Thank you all. Thank you all. I am Grabbot23548X.